Welcome to our next episode of the 5 Moments of Need Performance Matters series. This is Bob Mosier, one of the many co-hosts you'll meet throughout this series. So friends, are you trying to learn more about the 5 Moments of Need? Maybe how to design for them, implement for them, measure them and even sell them as an approach to your enterprise. Well, in the Performance Matters series, we will help you better understand the theory and best practices behind this powerful methodology and offer proven ways to put the five moments of need into practice. Okay, friends, welcome back to another Performance Matters podcast. Bob Moser here, your host of these wonderful things. We so appreciate your time and effort and feedback. We are into our 51st episode of these, and we just had our over 16,000 downloads. So we so appreciate your feedback, your attention, and your patronage to these things that we've gone throughout. Today, we're going to do one of our favorite kinds that we get all the time, which is the Experience Matters series. And I could not think of a better individual or friend and hero of mine in the business to join us today. Um, but Darren Doshi from Colgate. Darren, great to have you here. And why don't you tell us in your hi, how are you? A little bit about your journey to this point. Hey, Bob. Uh, pleasure to be here. And thank you for having me. My journey in HR has been fairly unique. So I joined Colgate as an industrial engineer in Malaysia. And during the time, this is back in the late 80s and early 90s, HR in Malaysia started to launch a organizational capability effort, building a strategy. And I got involved in that from manufacturing, supporting HR. I was a liaison person and I helped design the new HR organization. And two days later, they came to me and offered me the compensation benefits manager's position, which never existed the first time it happened in Malaysia. And eventually that led to a lot of other HR-related roles in employee relations, in training, in services. And after about a stint of about four or four and a half years, I moved back to manufacturing in an organization effectiveness role which is closely aligned to our high-performance work system strategy as a company. So a lot of those roles all had a learning component, and that has continued through my work. When I came to the U.S. in 2000 in organization effectiveness, helped drive continuous improvement at the factories, drive learning within the facilities, and then to this final role as a learning partner in 2010. That has been brilliant, and it's been wonderful to watch you through all that work, my friend. You uh, are part of a remarkable company. You are also in a very unique vertical on the manufacturing side. Uh, and It's funny because a lot of people have perceptions and myths, as I call them, about five moments of need, about workflow learning. And, and one of them is something you took on very courageously, which is this area of things like manufacturing. You know, It's a high-stress area, a lot of compliance high risk, potentially safety issues and so on. You've taken on the role and your goal, I've heard you state it before, bringing in your journey as a learning professional, five moments workflow learning to the manufacturing floor. Can you tell us a bit about what prompted you with this goal to make that change and to try this remarkable thing? So Bob, you'll recall the first time I actually really got exposed to five moments of Need uh, was that Sunday morning at the Macy Learning Conference, and yep. you, were, you and Con were presenting Five Moments of Need, and and 
I, I said that listening to it and the first question I had was why aren't we doing this in manufacturing? So what made me think or make me able to make that connection? I really think it's down to two things. One, I, I have a fairly good understanding of what were the current capabilities we had in manufacturing. I had been fortunate to work at about 27 mm. manufacturing sites globally, pretty much every continent wow. except Russia. I'm not sure if it's a gift or it's a developed skill, Bob. You probably have a comment on this, but the ability to be able to connect the dots to a bigger picture. I love the ability to walk into a facility and at the end of two hours kind of tell a story about it. And that's something I, I think has really helped me. Now, when I first saw the five moments of need and I and I saw the Bayer Corps, I think it was a Bayer Crop Sciences mm-hmm. example. Yep. I felt there was a real bigger opportunity was in the manufacturing area. We did not have a singular approach to analyzing tasks. We had used many different approaches and I saw real value in using a single approach that then the analysis of that task could be used to be deployed in any technology. Brilliant. So take us deeper, my friend. You've been at this a bit now and you've had some remarkable results. I've seen the research. We've co-presented on this actually a couple of times. So for our listeners, can you take us back and walk us through how the project played out and then the remarkable results that you are actually seeing to date? Sure. Um, I, and I'll give you, if it's okay with you, I'm going to list it out in terms of steps. Yeah. Right? Perfect. So the first thing we did after we'd seen five moments of need was to invite Conrad Godfordson to a meeting where we were building the shop floor learning strategy of the future. Mm. And at that meeting, we had invited a director of manufacturing from a very significant plant in North America and other practitioners. And when people saw and understood five moments of need, the DOM, the director of manufacturing on the side, immediately said, Let, let's bring Let's bring Conrad Godfordson to that particular site and do an assessment on how we're doing from a learning and a performance support system. That assessment, which was step two, led to step three. He said, let's now do go do a proof of concept. And from the proof of concept, which they did on five pieces of equipment, the first reactions we got from very experienced people in learning, people who've been doing learning units and learning analysis for 20 years said, mm. we've not seen a methodology as powerful as this one ever in the last 20 years. So that proof of concept led to a pilot to create a full analysis for one line and build the performance support system. So that was step three. Along the way, and what I call step four is throughout this period, we kept the global stakeholders for supply engaged. We kept them updated on our work, our intention to do the proof of concept, our outcomes from the proof of concept, and then on to our pilot. So they were constantly being updated. We actually invited all the directors of manufacturing around the world to some of the presentations. The proof of concept demonstrated results that we and which we shared, and this led to the agreement. And after we'd done the, the proof of concept and we were moving to the pilot line, we said now's the opportunity to train a global group. So we engaged the demand and supply leaders around the world. We had a bunch of nine plants sign up mm. and we agreed to bring 
facilitators, task analysis experts, or individuals to be trained to Mexico, to one of our sites there, and everyone was trained together. Now, the power of doing that together across multiple sites is when the team left the site in Mexico, they had agreed what the performance support solution should look like. Mm -hmm. So we had alignment across a toothbrush plant, across a oral care facility, a home care facility, and that was pretty critical for us. And so one of the questions was around what are some of the results that we were seeing? So as we have continued to implement this, our journey started in 2017 with the first meeting and but what really deployment started in 2018 onwards, as we have continued to roll this out globally, uh, we're now up to over a dozen plants. Mm. We're seeing reduction in training and onboarding time. Mm. We're seeing improvement in change over time. Depending on each plant, they target a specific performance area and their performance support system is helping them improve that performance area and we're seeing an improvement in overall operating efficiency but more than that bob and i think you know this better than everybody else it's beyond performance this is now becoming table stakes to be successful on an ongoing basis so powerful and a place a lot of lnd teams want to be you are seen vital to the business that's got to be a nice shift for you and your team and and all the good work you're doing so friend, what about the next mountain to climb? Where do you go from here that you've gotten these remarkable results and some significant buy-in? What are your next endeavors or the level where you're taking this next? So that's an interesting question, Bob, because about four years ago when we were building the strategy, I coined the phrase, analyze once, deploy everywhere, or develop content once deploy everywhere. Mm -hmm. This is a really hard thing for manufacturing people to do because they will always tell you that my machine's a little bit different and yeah. I got to build my lo local content locally, right? Yep. And it's taken us a while. We're struggling with that. That's the biggest mountain to climb. We have just had our first successes when a plant in North America needed help to analyze a tube filling line in oral care. A plant in China that had similar equipment conducted the task analysis using mm. five moments of name. Yeah. And then translated the analysis from Chinese to English, sent it over to the plant in the US that was able to use 65% wow. of that content. Wow. Now, so now you've got the people opening up their eyes to, I can analyze it once and I can use the analysis everywhere. The next big mountain is, can I analyze it once in a place which is performing the best on a mm. particular type of equipment? Yeah. Can I build all the training content there once and can I deploy it everywhere globally? The example above I like to give is forklift trucks. Hmm. Every plant has forklift trucks, Sure, but I can bet you dollars to donuts, pretty much every plant builds forklift truck training. Sure, and They don't need to. You, you should do the analysis on a forklift truck once using five moments of need. You build the content once and you deploy it everywhere. That's the big mountain to climb. You know, and it's so powerful too, Darren, because we see this across disciplines. 
we were doing some similar work for an, an auditing accounting area, not manufacturing, right? Auditing accounting, very diverse population, huge organization. And of course, each auditor or each auditing group felt that their auditing they did because of the nature of the department they were assigned to was dramatically different than any other auditor had to do in other parts and so on. Well, guess what? When they went around the room to do themselves, you could tell as they went around and, and they heard each other's areas, they drifted further and farther from the thought or fact that this would ever be a meaningful day. Because how can six or seven of us from these very different parts of this organization sit here and have any common dialogue, although we're auditors, mm, our mm. content, the context seems so different. But Darren, well, surprise, surprise, by noon of that day, and then that course went on for another day and a half, they realized, my gosh, auditing is auditing. So much of the principles, again, it's the 70, 30, 65, you know, whatever rule. But yeah, there's uniqueness in the, in the nuances of the steps and maybe even some of the supporting details. But the process of auditing in that organization should and is remarkably similar. That's the importance of workflow, I think, right? Absolutely. So I, I give the example of we all use bottles at home, plastic bottles. Plastic sure. bottles are blown typically in a blow molding machine. Mm-hmm. And Seidel is one of the big companies around the world with blow molding machines. So there's probably not a single Seidel machine It's that's exactly the same in Colgate. So every, 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 every machine you buy has a little variance to it and a little improvement to it. But can you do the bulk of the analysis on a yep. Seidel machine once? Can you build the content once and then can you let people adapt it a little bit at a time? And I would venture to say that you could end up saving about 60% of your development time in the long term. Isn't that remarkable? Remarkable. And free up your resources to do more meaningful work. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, hey, friend, you are, as you said, 2017. We met even before that. You've been thinking about that, I think, throughout the journey way ahead of most. Many listening to this podcast across the world now are new to the journey. They're listening to this story and and thinking about the road that lies ahead. If you could go back and talk to these folks with the experience, best practices, lessons learned, trial and error that you've Mm -hmm. experienced throughout the journey, what would you do differently or what lessons learned would you share with them? So, Bob, I think I'd like to address this more in terms of uh, some lessons learned and within that embed the do differently as well right so the first one that comes to mind is don't drive this as a learning solution Mm. Mm. think of this and talk in terms of this is a performance solution the second would be ensure that your business stakeholder owns this and you know what happens to business stakeholders who do well, they get promoted and they move on. Right. And so make sure that we did not only own it, but they hand it off effectively at the transition. When we started this, I partnered with what is our factory performance and reliability leader. We had a very strong partnership and we continue to have that partnership. So it's really important that your business stakeholder owns it more than your learning partner owns it. So mm, the second point. Love that. love that. The third point is keep people connected. We're seeing this in another area today called a virtual reality and augmented reality. And you know how everyone around the world is getting excited by VR and AR. Mm-hmm. But no one understands the amount of time and resources you need to spend on that. And we're going to leadership now and saying, we need to develop a strategy 
and get people aligned on a strategy that we want to or we don't want to do one of these things. Yep. Similarly, it is really important that when we had that strategy for shop floor learning, we communicated it and we connected people and kept them informed. So that's one part uh, at the leadership level. And with the team that we brought to Mexico, once we they came out of Mexico, we have now since early 2019 continued for the first two years wow. a, a monthly meeting wow. with those 12, 15 people. And then now that's transitioned to a bi-monthly meeting. So those people know what we're doing, mm. uh, successes, progress, challenges, all very open. And we have a, a hangout group that we connect with on an ongoing basis. That's the third point. Wow. The fourth is at each site that you do this, whether you're piloting it or you're doing the proof of concept, recognize that you need to have the right resources identified. That's critical. And when you do your proof of concept, validate the resources that you're going to need. What we were able to show is that at the site where we did our first full line implementation, we had the total hours required to stand up the line. We had explained the resources that were required and we were able to show that 60% of the information required to stand up the performance support tool was already available at the mm. site. So this is important because people are always going to be concerned about the amount of resources that are needed. Sure. A piece that maybe we didn't do so well, and I think others can do better, is earlier engagement of the corporate IT group. Because mm. any performance support solution, the five moments of need, you have to certify your people or train them to do that effectively. But the moment you're starting to put in a performance support tool, there's infrastructure, architecture, security pieces that every organization will have a little bit of difference. So that's important. Yep. That would be my sixth point. Another point I would go to is around why is five moments of need important for us going forward, right? And especially coming out of the pandemic, we're seeing, and I'm sure others are, coming out of the pandemic, a much bigger shift and push for automation. Mm. Automation is going to result in less people working in a facility, mm -hmm. which is going to result in people moving more often to equipment that they're not familiar with. So effectify moments of need, workflow learning, performance support become all the more important. So to me, the capability that you all have brought to us, uh, Bob and your team and, and with your partner expertise is really helping us address the issue of people not having the time to break away from their lines to do learning. We're able to give them the learning right at the moment of need when they need it. Uh, and I think the power going forward is that the learning is developed, owned, and maintained by the people who use it the most. I can mm -hmm. tell you, Bob, a story of uh, one of our senior VPs who at a manufacturing site went down to the line and talked to the operators and said, well, how do you do this? And I do it this way. And what's the procedure? Well, the, I don't use the procedure because the procedure is not accurate or mm. I don't use that handout or job aid anymore. And he gave the organization 90 days to update all the mm. procedures. Mm. And then he said, I'm going to draw a line in the sand that if you don't use the procedures, it's a performance issue. So 
If you don't have good procedures that are updated by people that recognize and use, then you can't hold people accountable to performance, right? So that's a critical piece. And and then, like I said, the technology changes are really going to make it important that we provide support at the moment of need because people are going to be doing much more with less. Wow. Yeah, what I love about your story, Darren, is that so much of that is what L&D has been asking for forever. Better connection to the business, business owning the content and buy-in for the learning. The fact that you still meet with that original team almost two years or more later is a remarkable thing. I had SMEs come into my task analysis years ago before I, I used five moments and they were gracious enough to give me a day or two of their time. But to be honest, I didn't see them or hear from them a day after that. And I, I think part of it was that disconnect maybe from the workflow, probably primarily, but also the fact that just the way in which we engaged as L&D with the business in the thing we delivered, the degree there was ownership or buy-in from them seemed to be a disconnect. And your work has just upped the ante for what you do there. And I'm sure well, we're still trying, right? We're still <laughs> on the journey, right? Aren't we all? Yeah, yeah. So, hey, friends, let's wrap up with this. What advice would you give somebody just starting out? What What is that, those nuggets that would really help jumpstart them into being able to begin a journey like yours? The first thing I would say is make sure you truly understand the five moments of need methodology and how to make a leap from oh, this is just the analysis to performance support. So how are you going to transfer that wonderful analysis you've done into performance support? Think about the capabilities that you already have in the organization today. Mm. You may be using pads, uh, tablets on the floor, or you may be using other mobile devices. How are you going to integrate with that? with available technology, because the more you can integrate, the better you're going to get buy-in. Know and leverage the organization's culture because it's different for every organization. And then you need to develop your, your change management and stakeholder analysis and start small, show results and keep moving. It has served you well, my friend. It has served you well. You've done remarkable work. We are so impressed with your story. We can't wait to check in as we go and hear more about it as you continue on this remarkable thing. My friend admired you as a, as a colleague, as a professional, watching you from the early days of when you sat in that room in Orlando to where you are today is, is really remarkable. And to anyone Thank listening, you. it can be done. So thanks so much for your time, for your vision, and for all the effort you do in telling the story for our community. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Bob, and great being with you here today. Thank you, Bob. You as well, my friend. Be safe. Thank you. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. We will talk in our next episode. Well, that's it for this episode of the Five Moments of Need Performance Matters series. We look forward to future conversations around how to best put the five moments of need into practice. We welcome your feedback and can be reached on Twitter using my Twitter handle at BMOSH, as well as our Five Moments of Need website, which is www.thenumber5momentsofneed.com. We hope you're finding these helpful and we'll subscribe to future episodes. Have a great day, friends.